Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of... And rounding third, yes, it's beneath the screen of the Ultra Critics sliding into home. Safe! They're safe! And, well, that's actually better. Yeah, better than what? That's the first time yeah, I've done that Yeah, what are you talking bit. about? I understand. <laughs> hmm. I apologize. That is a brilliant first-time thing you did there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Jeremiah, the host <laughs> slash co-host. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Thad. Yeah. And my other co-host, Kara. Hi. <laughs> and as you can tell by Thad's intro, um, we're doing baseball movies today. Yeah, you will never get away from us talking about baseball, sort of, sometimes. Now and then. <laughs> <laughs> um, today we're going to be talking about the 1992 classic, A League of Their Own, and mm-hmm. the 1976 classic, The Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. Which I feel like is, I mean, you know, forgotten classic. Forgotten but, uh, classic, because I, I, I didn't it, hear about it until I was watching the Tenor Classic movie thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nerd. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> no <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> I mean, the title of the podcast should have given it away. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not. I don't know. Just, just making sure everyone's on the same page. Hey, right. and we're going to start off because we're chronological people here. Not really. Um, mm. <laughs> we're going to start off with the Bingo Long tra- uh, Traveling Row Show and Moto Stars. Also, I'm Moto wow, King. You just, wow, you just fell all over that. I apologize. <laughs> if we go by uh, age, Bingo Long Traveling All Stars and Motor Kings. If we go by age, I am the youngest. So what does that doesn't make any sense? We're gonna have to start all over again. There's no other choice. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Kara, tell us what the movie's I don't about. Have to. I'm free. <laughs> I'm free, Thaddeus. All right. So the Bingo. <laughs> go ahead. Just laughing. What are we laughing at? You're free. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings is a story about what is the um, the, the Negro League in of baseball in the 1930s because baseball is not yet integrated. To be clear, that is what the people who were in the league and part of it called it was the, ne- the Negro League. And they were, oh, they were all, back, all black players, all black owners. And... It begins with the great Bingo, who is an amazing pitcher and very loosely based on the great Satchel Page, decides that mm. he is sick of working for his incredibly exploitative manager, Sally, who is a man and who um, runs a funeral parlor. And after talking to another team's great hitter, Leon, who happens to mention seizing the means of production, which is something that Bingo's not familiar with, but he likes the idea of it. He hits upon the idea to create a share and share alike um, player owned baseball team to go barnstorming and barnstorming is when you aren't a part of a league, but you'll travel from town to town and just play any teams that are there. There's no like championship or anything. You're just playing as you play. So uh, he manages to pull Leon in and they reach out to several other black players in the Negro League and put together an amazing team for the traveling all-stars. And they begin to go to black field to black field throughout the Midwest and the South playing whoever they can. The managers are freest at this and deeply worried about it cutting into their profits as well as their control over their own players. And so they begin to slowly escalate trying to destroy the team. First, they begin by um, threatening uh, black baseball field owners and organizers into not taking the all-stars. And so Leon 
hits upon the plan to simply play white teams. And their first game does not go super well, but due to an accident, they realize if they sort of play up their incredible baseball skills and sort of set themselves up as jokers, clowns, clowning around, very, um, very much Harlem Globetrotters, that they will be able to basically safely play against white teams and white leagues. Uh, Leon is not initially on board with this at all, but Bingo throws him a firecracker instead of a baseball, and Leon eventually flexes a little bit to sort of allow the rest of them to goof off, but he pretty much is just a great hitter, and that's all he wants to be. Um, the pressure begins to escalate with one of their players being attacked by a man with a straight razor and having all their money stolen from Rainbow, who is sort of the inside incident for everything as he is dis disabled and mute from being hit in the head with a fastball. And eventually the team begins to fall apart. And in desperation, Bingo, the Sally, who's also desperate and the owner of the team, Sally comes to Bingo and cuts him a deal. You play the Negro League's all-star team against your sort of outsider all-star team. And whoever wins, uh, if, we, if you win, you get to join the league. If we win, you all have to go back to your old jobs for half pay. And Bingo agrees, tries to convince Leon to come back to the team. Leon's uncertain, but is obviously going to play. And there's, of course, the white knuckle final game as they go back and forth, sometimes playing against their old teammates who left the all-star team. Eventually, Leon, we find out Leon has been kidnapped, is being held in a funeral home, escapes by punching his way through a coffin during a funeral. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, drives a hearse onto the field, grabs one of his teammates' uniforms to rush onto the field at bat. Hits, of course, a home run, winning the game for the traveling All-Stars and cementing their position in the league as a base as a player-owned team. At which point, Joe Esquire, or Esquire Joe, sorry, one of their teammates, is approached by a white, um, a white manager who tells him that he is going to bring him into the white league in order to integrate the baseball leagues. Leon is immediately somewhat despondent saying that this will destroy the Negro league. Bingo isn't sure, but they will continue to play ball and own their own team. So he does not care as much. And it ends on a sort of hopeful, bittersweet note because in fact, integration did destroy the all American Negro league, which is something the audience knows, but obviously the characters do not. Right. And, well, and if the audience doesn't know that, then you need to learn more about baseball. Yes. And <laughs> you uh, check out our Ken Burns episode, or uh, to take a take a day trip out to Kansas City, go to the Negro League Museum. Yes. Like, do it, you cowards! Uh, once once COVID <laughs> is over, you know, as you will, nothing matters anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know. That's... But uh, Bingo is played by Billy D. Williams, who is genuine, bombastic, enthusiastic, uh, eats up every scene he's in. Uh, James Earl Jones plays Leon Carter, who is a little bit more staid, but a bit mischievous at heart. And then, of course, Richard Pryor is Charlie Snow, a terrible ball player. But they do recruit him because he has the most important thing, which is two cars so they can travel because they do not have a bus. And he schemes to try and make his terrible batting average better and also to join the White League initially as a Cuban, Carlos Nevada, and then eventually at the end by pretending to be Native American, which is cringe. It is cringe. <laughs> I'm done now. Uh, it's directed by John Badham, who, or Badham, as people may remember more from War Games and his other movie, Saturday Night Fever. Also uh, Short Circuit. And short circuit, yeah, he I did a lot in the eighties. Was it short, funny enough? Short circuit also has a very problematic racial 
Absolutely does. <laughs> uh, Man, the 80s. Well, and okay, the 70s so the bingo of uh, this movie is based off a book by William Brashley. Yeah, it's based on a based on a fiction book, but the fiction book is based on real people. Right. But the the core of the movie, the, the studio wanted to make a movie for quote unquote everybody. And what that means in Hollywood is a bunch of white people are going to tell the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was really struck by how... I mean, it is a, a stacked with black actors movie. Right. But behind the camera, it is, like, the driven snow. Like, right. it's, it's directed by a British director. But the, not, not only that, but the tone is a little bit uneven. Like, when it wants to do his comedy, sometimes it goes too far or spends too much time mm. setting up a joke. It it really wants to be kind of a funny, wacky, hijinks sports ball movie. Um, like, you know, we've all seen like The Replacements or Minor right. League or whatever. And oh, Bad then, News Bears. Bad News Bears. And so it's like, okay, so like we got to our wacky sports, except the stakes are very high. And I don't mean like in the sense of like, will they be able to be their own league or will they be financially destroyed? Because again, this begins with Rainbow, uh, who's had, who's been injured being put on a bus and told like, yeah, you're probably just going to be screwed. Like they're yeah. playing with their lives, and also, of course, playing against white teams is exceptionally dangerous in the South in the 30s. And they explicitly yeah. are like, "Yeah, you know, our old manager exploited us, but he wasn't going to lynch us." Or is what we have yeah, now? Lynching was not deal. on the table. Right. Exactly. So, so to have like yakety sax playing as somebody flees from someone who later does use a straight razor to apparently cut off his nipple is like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a th- although. Uh, uh, Oh, sorry. I, I just have to b- jump in because the uh, the 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 guy who does a lot of the roughing up, or or one of the main guys to uh, to do a lot of the roughing up of uh, players uh, on behalf of the owners, is uh, Ken Forey. Yeah. Forey? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you say his name, but he is a, a titan of uh, mostly horror. Yeah, is what I know him from. But I believe this was his first movie. He was uh, in Dawn of the Dead. He was in, uh, uh, I believe he was also in one of my favorite movies, uh, From Beyond, yeah. which is a weird, horny, goopy horror movie <laughs> uh, based on a Lovecraft story. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just... No, I, no, I, no, it's I, fine. I love, I love him. But like, also, like, it's, it is weird that the weakest part are the parts with Richard Pryor or the the comedy aspects, because I I agree with you, Kara, like, they're, they're trying to do a sort of, like, gung-ho, wacky, almost Disney-type movie. Mm-hmm. And the scenes around that don't really lend. Like they spend so much time on, like on, like setting up these gags, and then afterwards, it's like the scenes that hit home are the ones with like them in a bar talking about W. De Bois. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the I'm leaving because you got you stole a car. That's not seizing the means of production. <laughs> you stole a different, better car. Yeah. And it's also, it's not that things can't be humorous or even be like appropriate for younger audience, but like they're explicitly at several point dating and sleeping with prostitutes or other kinds of sex workers. And again, there's nothing wrong with having a sex joke. Like they can go over kids' heads, but I'm like, you can't have, again, a yakety sax Disney style (laughs) comedy with really explicit sex references and sex jokes. Like it, it, like not not just adult comedy. It's not for kids. Like that moment when when uh, Richard Pryor, uh, Charlie Snow, uh, is is like sleeping with the white or getting ready to sleep with the white 
prostitute. He offers her money and she seems to accept. Right. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that she's a sex worker. Doesn't, doesn't really matter because the important part is when the, 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 the mob guys or the, the owner's goons break in, she immediately yells, he made me do it. And then he really uh, yells, she made me do it. But like, that's, that's, that, that's really, that's referencing the, that's just so dark. Like, that's like, that's, that's a type so of humor dark. that the scene hasn't, like, the tone isn't there for. It yeah, comes out like, of left field. And I don't know what to do with that because they're all the like it's it is a, a movie that is 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 deeply stacked with black actors. Like it is a a movie that is is full of black actors, but like the director, the writers, the guy who wrote the book that it's based on, like is all white people. And like I I don't know what to take from like white written but black at like Well, Mabel King as Bertha DeWitt. The one, the lone female black uh, baseball team owner. Yeah. She's like, she's shown as this sort of hard-headed, strong-willed woman who is also sexually harassing one of her uh, team members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it's clear, like, and but that's like, they joke about. Yeah, it's it's a bit. Right. Because she's fat and that makes her right. um, yeah. disgusting and her, inhuman. Yeah, like a fat woman's sexuality is inherently funny. Right. Because of- that's just but again that's also played against the fact that she is constantly delegitimized among the other team owners because she is a woman and And her ideas which are sound are constantly yeah she's white (laughs) (laughs) like it's i it's yeah it's a movie that like it it has some misses or some things that i i just i don't know what to do with because of the sort of the cultural mixture that it is coming from but like it's also just it's also really good. Yeah. Yes. Like I like this movie. Like it. Like when <laughs> when Rainbow leaves, when they decide they can't afford to keep him on anymore. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I cried. I was like, oh wow, I didn't realize you wave. Okay. And it's when it's just being a baseball movie without being a wacky baseball movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. And it's oh, and, when they're doing oh, like sorry. cool hijinks. So at one point, um. Uh, Bingo puts on like a giant gorilla costume to throw in and is still striking mm-hmm. people out. And they're cool, like talented things are funny. Like you can definitely have a movie with humor, even slapstick humor that has like adult stakes, like grown up stakes, right. grown up themes. Like th- it could still be mm-hmm. funny. It just doesn't need to be, again, yakety sacks funny, especially <laughs> yakety sacks and voting Tillman's murder funny. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't get that. Yeah. And maybe it's just without. When I say an artifact of its time, I mean different understandings of how humor can be used because I think Shrek may have destroyed our ability to have (laughs) um, certain kinds of humor coexist together well. So maybe just even at the time, people would have been like, yeah, no, this tone is fine. Like, this is absolute. Like, I get what's happening. And I'm just like, I just don't know this language anymore because this movie was made. Well, I was I read a review from Ebert and uh, he had the same complaint. Okay. Well, that doesn't like, necessarily make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> right, but like in terms of like, because like, it does feel like it wants to be these two different movies because the whole like marching through Main Street Parade thing, that fits. That's fine. Yeah. Because it's yeah. a because they also do a really good job of showing you how the white town members accepted them versus how the black town members yeah. accepted them. And, and there's a really interesting like, 
the dynamic the that like uh james old jones's character has like how much dignity are you willing to put at stake to to keep playing baseball right like is that's 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 a great like it, it it's not an artificial kind of stakes it's not it's a very real believable like clash uh which is it's all it's great <laughs> i wish it had been discussed more because it kind of gets resolved with the, the, the sort of attitude it gets resolved with is that um leon the james earl jones character the batter is like you all can be goofy and i'll play the straight man to your goofiness and i won't complain about what you decide to do so it kind of just sort of ends with like the agreement of like everybody does what they feel is best right. and we'll make it work mm. without being explicitly stated but it, which in a way actually also happens in a league of their own mm-hmm. like right uh, it's it's interesting though because i would say comparatively this is a movie they have different focuses different tones different people uh but this movie features adult men who are prof- in their in their field professional baseball players who are adults um they have kids they're married and a lot of them it's indicated they talk frequently like we're not in our 20s anymore we're not young anymore right and they are very much well aware that being joking around and playing games has a price and a cost, and it might be what you need to do to get by. It's something they very consciously as a team decide to engage in in certain ways. Well, in a league of their own, they are told you have to play this role of these pretty girls, these nice girls, right. um, these this, these that. And the only one who in uh, Dottie is the one that is grasps on to, I need to be a performer. And they do that, but they don't seem to really know what they're doing. Right, And they don't seem to really reject it or consider it a hardship or a sacrifice the way that like um, the men in uh, the way that Leon does at least least Leon does. Well, and also um, with Bingo Long, the movie, they do they do spend time doing things that I don't think a movie nowadays probably would have, which is like them working in a potato picking farm. (laughs) Yeah. And getting like because like a five dollars for like a bag of potatoes, we can do this two seventy five, but I was promised five, and just sort of like the the mounting ways in which Bingo Long is trying to be a fair man yeah. in a world that honestly, is designed specifically to be unfair to him. Well, and it's honestly one of my favorite bits in this is when uh, he uses his and Leon's money to cut to get like uh, to keep the team going when they're when the the team is starting to turn against rainbow oh yeah get like the the box of money stolen from him and uh it and then like he tells leon about it and leon's like hey good for you oh i gave him yours too he's like "Mm." (laughs) and then he's like whatever (laughs) right but then they get over it like it's yeah uh it's also actually i thought you're going to go with something different because there's a part where bingo uh pulls in they recruit a rookie who is incredibly nice and deeply dumb and very young (laughs) but a brilliant ball player and bingo starts to tell him oh you know rookies make half pay as like part of because he's a bit of a like he's not a con man but he's a bit of a you know a snake oil salesman he's a bit of a performer you know and he'll he'll hose you if he can it's how as well as how he would like in the world that he came up in that's how you operated and then that's all you know (laughs) Leon doesn't smile. He just like, hmm, like that deep James Earl Jones makes like this deep noise of disapproval, <laughs> and uh, Bingo immediately like he doesn't even like take it back. He's like, "That's what they would say in the leagues, but that's not how our team works." And just immediately <laughs> keeps going. And so it's one of those things where they they keep each other 
balanced. They keep each other um, straight. Mm-hmm. And it's also very clear that, like, Bingo doesn't think very much about the things he does. He's very intuitively going through things, mm-hmm. while at the same time, Leon's a much deeper thinker. But they end up in the same place going from, like, a very philosophical, you know, reading. Bingo doesn't know who uh, Du Bois is. He has no idea. Right. But Leon does. <laughs> but they both agree that, like, yeah, why can't we run our own team? So it's it's an interesting. And why can't we like? Why why should we like have to pay everything to the manager? And why shouldn't we like pay each other fairly? Like this doesn't make sense. Yeah, why do there Why do there have to be owners? It's almost <laughs> like there don't have. There to was be. A, another um, thing where a, a guy offered them like, "Oh, we'll pay you each this much," and Leon says, "No, we take we take a portion <laughs> of the proceeds at the door. You don't pay us individually." I know this song and dance. This is a hose. And again, right. he's the <laughs> only one who like has the insight to say that. Okay, everyone else is like, that's $200, let's do it. He's like, no, 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 no. No. What he is saying (laughs) is one of us will get $200. But if I say 50% of the proceeds, all of us will get more than $200. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a great, uh, it's just a great dynamic. I'm seizing this means of production by the James (laughs) Earl Jones. Well, and also like, He's also the one that realizes, like, once they they get basically blacklisted by the other black baseball leagues, hmm. he's like, what's the one thing we never run out of in this country? <laughs> White people. White people. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But also, yeah, like, um, I've seen James Earl Jones in other movies. And I've oh, heard that's his so funny. More. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, uh-huh. But like, it is still weird to see James Earl Jones in a movie that's not filled with dreams. Mm. And like, well, I mean, I've seen a lot of baseball movies. Hmm? Yeah, I'm sorry. Don't but... you mean this? Did you mispronounce the Sandlot? <laughs> so wait, does James Earl Jones just love baseball movies? Is it? I think co- he does. Everybody loves baseball movies. Well, it could be the people who make the baseball movies love uh, the Bingo Law <laughs> traveling all stars and Motor Kings. Oh, I just realized that's that true. That could be. the Sandlot is probably a reference. Could be. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Oh my god. <laughs> well, it could all be referencing Field of Dream because again, like he he's he's got a baseball catalog. The James O. Jones baseball cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah. Ahead of his time. Um but like I do, but like the joke, some of the jokes do work. Like him busting out of a coffin, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I loved that. Richard Pryor's like antics, no. Richard Pryor trying to figure out a way to calculate batting statistics, so where he's actually yeah. a good hitter, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like there are parts where they they have him doing like movie, not like Richard Pryor stuff, but like, but like movie Richard yeah. Pryor stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the toy. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh like and that's come on, just let him play the part in the movie. <laughs> and again, what's what's frustrating is Richard Pryor does humor for grown ups. Like towards the end of his career he did a lot more stuff with kids because there's a lot more, you know, money in it. Right. Yeah. But you gotta pay the bills. He could like I don't I don't like the way they took his character, the the lines that they gave him, but I'm not putting the blame on like Pryor not leaning hard into what he was working with. I right. I think the fault lies elsewhere. But I also, yeah, there's also a, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. That's okay. Not your fault. Richard Pryor's from a nearby town and they won't name a street after him. 
Really? Yeah, he's from Peoria. No, he's from Peoria, they won't, isn't he? Yeah, he grew up in a brothel in Peoria, and they won't name it anything uh, with Richard Pryor Road. They keep asking, and uh, they keep keeps being denied because he's inappropriate. <laughs> Everybody's inappropriate. <laughs> he's publicly inappropriate. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, there, there, are, there are people with streets and towns named after them who are war criminals, yeah. so I don't see what Richard Pryor did that was so wrong. Um, <laughs> oh, no, okay. issue. Sorry. Towards, towards the end of the movie, they start um, doing a lot of stuff that other baseball, both white leagues and black leagues did, and they had um, mm. there's a one-armed baseball player, mm-hmm. there's a little person, and I kind of wish we had a little bit more with them. Yeah, they're not. They, they're they literally they're just, just show up, and I was like, "Does that they visually player exist?" Only have one arm? Yeah, they have no names. They are not introduced. Yeah, yeah, we don't meet them. I was real bummed. Like, I, like when I saw, when Kara pointed out the one arm guy, and then like the 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 little person shows up shortly thereafter. I'm like, "Oh, well, I wonder what their deal is going to be." Well, and their deal is that that's it. <laughs> their deal is John Badham has not learned continuity. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that I will say, uh, going back to James Earl Jones, mm. there's a scene, the scene at the end where X Joe announces that he's going to play with the Brooklyn Dodgers farm team. Mm-hmm. Mm. James Earl Jones doesn't have a line, but just his face, and oh. you can see that he is both happy, mm-hmm. sad, mm-hmm. and furious. Yeah, that is happening now. Now when. He's too old to be let in. Yeah. And Bingo you can also see has that too. Yeah. Bingo also has this moment of just like, I, I want to be happy, but I'm, I just want to go cry right now. Yeah. And like the kid asks Bingo essentially permission to do this. And it's, it's not like, it's not a bragging thing. He, he legitimately wants like these, these guys to sign off because I think even though he's, he has played as kind of a, a you know, a hayseed kid, he also sort of understands what's happening. Right. Uh, well, then the movie well, even has and, a bit of sweet ending of them realizing this will probably be the end of black baseball. Yeah. Which, which bingo refuses to admit, but in his way, I think that's also an admission. Right. Especially because like when the, the kid says something about it and Bingo's like, Oh, that, that they're, they're screwing with you. And the kid's like, no. And there's this moment again, where like, Bingo is not dealing with it super well on his face because he's having the same thoughts. Leon isn't either. And Leon pushes him to be like, oh, like, yeah, tell the kid he can play. Like, and, and like Bingo, don't mess oh. this up. <laughs> and like, yeah. it's, it's that moment where once again, because this is the same kid that Bingo tried to hose on pay. And Leon, once again, is the voice of consciousness in his ear. Like, it doesn't matter that you get hosed. You have right. to let everybody get their best shot. And so once again, Leon mm. is the voice of reason in his ear. And he says, of course, was, go play. I was reminded a lot of another movie called Soul of the Game, which is an mm. HBO uh, made-for-television movie directed by uh, Kevin Rodney Sullivan that has Del Ward Lindo as Satchel Paige. Mm. Uh, Mc- oh, so they got to, they, they just made it about the actual people. Yeah, McAlta Williamson as Josh Gibson. And um, Blair Underwood as Jackie Robinson. Mm. Sorry, Mc, uh, McAlta... Uh, yeah, I mean, McKelty Williamson. I do think it was a little bit of an odd. Sorry, I'm I'm sorry, I'm jumping back to something else. I do think it was a little bit of an odd choice to have the obvious Jackie Robinson stand-in be a kind of sweetly dumb young farm boy, right? Because I was wondering Jackie, that too. 
was it's not was an adult like he was a full-grown man i know he was married he might have had kids he knew exactly Mm. what the score was like they sat him down and he knew and they also warned him that like this is going to be brutal and going to be this and he was like very conscientious about what am i getting myself into and i'm just like why would Mm. you take this incredibly intelligent focused dedicated adult man and kind of be like oh he was just so good that they that's not what happened like i I don't like that yeah that's uh, that's what happens when you take these things and reduce them to like archetypes and like no no it's about like in the end it's about like changing of the guard and blah 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 which is kind of funny because none like None of the old players look especially old, uh, and <laughs> like if they hadn't said out loud that that uh, Esquire Joe is supposed to be nineteen, I would have not assumed he was that much different in age. <laughs> Just no, J- Jackie Jackie Robinson was not a wide-eyed ingenue who made it <laughs> by being so good in his heart. Like he made it because he was yeah. an intelligent, strong man who knew what he had to do in order to make this work, and he sacrificed a lot, including his family, saying that they think that he died because of the stress of it. Well, there yeah. is a scene, speaking of Jackie Robinson, because Jackie Robinson talked about how he never stood up for the national anthem mm-hmm. and how like it never meant anything to him because he was a black person in America. <laughs> um, yeah. But there's a scene in Bingo Long when they first play for, with a white team of the national anthem playing. And yeah. the camera is going down the line of the Bingo Long traveling all-stars and the faces and some of them are not smiling at the, uh, and others are like, "What the heck's going on?" And others like, "Yeah, like the notion of this kind it, of patronism is like what?" Yeah, it's it's interesting because the the way that they frame that scene, like every now and then it'll show like the from the perspective of the 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 all stars, like just the things that they're looking at, like watching the weird sort of cheerleader, like awkwardly spin her her baton and stuff and it's it's seeing this patriotism from the outside essentially uh yeah it's the look on their face is very much like wow these white people are white people and real hard real hard right in front of us like jesus it's almost a comment on like how black people entertaining themselves is considered clownery Hmm. and this is somehow viewed as something that is part of a national culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, I would it's really a, rather it's, it's a good juxtaposition. watch uh, ball players pretend to play a really, really slow mo game, and then have somebody <laughs> pretend they were knocked out by an invisible mind ball, than <laughs> watch the the weird national anthem thing. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm with, I'm with the all stars on this one. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a great like awkward but also like meaningful moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, thumbs up. All right, and so from there we'll go into a league of their own. Well, I hope you all have had fun hearing about a movie that shows black people in it. Because <laughs> uh, aside from literally two instances, yeah, <laughs> I will say it was. Um, I, one of the instances, by the way, is a pretty good instance in which they show the fact yeah. that this is an all white team. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's it. Penny Marshall before she died was working on an Effa Manley biopic. Effa Manley being one of the few black uh, women owners in the uh, black leagues. Oh, oh really? yeah, cool. Sadly, again, before she died. <laughs> um. Anyway, hey, Kara, what happens in a league of their own? <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yeah. uh, so, a league of their own. 
Um, it begins with another news reel. Another news reel. It does. Uh, so this is World <laughs> War II and American baseball is essentially at a standstill because so many of the players are being called into war. And so one of the team managers decides, uh, gets a one of his sort of people that helps promote things is like, why don't we do an all girls league? Like, it'll be cool. People will like it. We can still play baseball because there just aren't enough able-bodied men in the country to run a proper ball game right now. And so while going out and recruiting, they run into two sisters, Dottie and Kit. Dottie is played by Gina Davis, tall, statuesque, beautiful, incredibly great ball player and very well liked. And her sister Kit is a bit hot tempered and tempestuous, a little bit immature, but also an excellent ball player and pitcher in her own right. And Dottie is approached by the hilarious it's john lovitz oh, right man. Beautiful john, john lovitz, lovitz is john lovitz being just the worst human being anytime he has an opportunity <laughs> yeah. to it's... you see how it looks is oh. the train moves not the station man if i had your job i'd oh my kill myself uh, is approached by uh john lovitz who offers Dottie to play a chance to audition for the winds league which Dottie rejects and then Kit asks to go, and he rejects her unless Dottie comes. So Dottie plays so Kit can play. Uh, when they join the league, they try out, people are assigned, and that's when they find out that their manager is Jimmy, who is played by Tom Hanks, who is an incredible drunk who spends the first half of the movie talking shit about the women players, an incredible drunk. Uh, hey, hey, hey slurring shit yeah. about the women players and because he is drunk. The women players, many of whom are what I would just refer to as, you know, if they're good old boys, these are good old girls. These are girls that grew up on farms. They grew up in rural areas. They are working class women and they are very strong and they are plain and they have to be cute. So they are given these baseball uniforms that are little dresses and they point out they can't play in them. If you won't play in a dress, then you won't play at all. They are forced to wear makeup and do their hair. They have to be chaperoned. They can't go out to bars. At one point, they do sneak out to go to a bar. And they're not supposed to smoke. And so they're supposed to be these perfect, cute image of women. And the entire movie, they are referred to as girls. Uh, they refer to themselves mm -hmm. as girls. The whole thing refers to them as girls. They're not girls. They are between probably 17 and 26. Uh, there's a, a humorous plot point of one of them who has to bring her incredibly obnoxious and annoying son because her deadbeat husband won't take care of him. Uh, Dottie is married. Just it's it's odd. Um, but these girl, you know, these women are forced to perform this femininity and the game isn't going well. And so finally, the guy who's trying to set this league tells Dottie, like, we need have you guys do anything to get the crowd in and Dottie on brilliant impulse catches a fly ball and a splits and goes viral and so the game is going on yes yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks character slowly begins to sober up and begin to play and he and Dottie establish a sort of a relationship of peers because she was had sort of stepped in as the team manager while he was too busy being drunk and slowly he begins to become to understand mainly that he needs to coach women and that a lot of the things that he did like violently screaming in someone's face about how they suck is actually unpleasant and abusive and <laughs> begins the infamous there is no crying in baseball speech which he later learns <laughs> he screams at a player and she cries and then later on we see that same player and he yells her name and is like please stop <laughs> doing that thing we work need on to it. really work yeah. on that 
some great physical acting by Tom and Hanks. Has, as his a man hands who, up and shaking. Who is used to exploding, trying not to. And he says, hey, I will, I will work on that. And he's like, mm. uh. <laughs> but um, Dottie and Kit eventually have a terrible blow up because Kit can't decide what she wants Dottie to be. Does she want Dottie to be her sister who was on her side, who always defends her right or wrong? Or does she want Dottie to allow her to stand on her own two, um, allow Kit to stand on her own two feet and make her own decisions for better or worse and treat her like an equal? And they have a, a fight about this. And even Kit acknowledges, like, I am just, I know that you're right and I'm wrong, but I just feel less when I'm with you. And Dottie is destroyed by this and asked to be traded to a new team. But since she is the best player, instead Kit is traded and they leave on an incredibly sour note. Um, Dottie's husband comes back from the war injured and she is going to leave the team right before the um, wor- the girls world series. Her manager tries to persuade her to stay because she truly loves baseball and is brilliant. So he says she denies this and says she plays for fun. And eventually she comes back during the very last game against her sister's team to play. Uh, and there's a, a great moment where she tells her pitcher exactly how her sister hits and how to hose her. Her sister manages to nail a ball and knocks Dottie off of the plate to get the winning score. And they are now equals, finally. Uh, they fought equally, they played equally, and they can go their own ways positively. Dottie goes home with her husband, Kit continues to play in the league, and... Uh, the man, the advertising man has been masterizing this whole thing. Ira is told that the league is going to be shut down because the war is over and there's no need for girl, a girls league anymore. And he demands to buy out the league, own it and continue it because these women deserve the right to play. And it ends and began, but it ends with them many years later at the, um, the baseball hall of fame with a specialty section being opened up in order to acknowledge the great female players. And in a bit of brilliance, um, so we meet all these people on the team, like Madonna's on it, Rosie O'Donnell is on it, um, all these great actors, and they find older women who look exactly like them, exactly like them. I don't know how they did this because I initially was like, great, great acting, amazing <laughs> acting. So I was like, oh my god, that woman looks exactly like Gina Davis. Did they put her in makeup? And Thad is like, no. I'm like, is that like maybe her actual mom or her aunt or something like that? <laughs> No, just an unrelated woman. This went out, found a woman who looked like Gina Davis. It was like, watch Gina Davis for a while and do what she does. And then they all nailed it. It's a, oh, it's so good. This is an ensemble cast. And you've gotten so used to seeing them like play and walk and move and interact and talk and use their hands. And you see a crowd of completely different actors dressed in completely different fashions, 40 years older than these other actors. And you're like, oh, I see this person and that person, that person, that person, that person, just by the way they move. Like when the actress that Mm -hmm. plays older Kit walks onto camera for the first time, you immediately recognize her. Just genius. Somebody who understands like casting found some. Well cast, well directed, uh, just solid. It's a solid movie. Um, It's very much, it did come out in the nineties, which at this point is a while ago. Um, yeah, thirty years. It's I would fine. say it's it's. Sorry, I'm just talking too much, but I will continue to do so. It's very much more an ensemble <laughs> cast, um, lots of little stories and stuff going on. It is a, it is a good time, and there is one moment where uh, a ball goes off to the side, and Dottie goes to get it, and there's a crowd of black women 
watching. One of them picks up and throws the ball to Dottie so hard that like it hits her glove and she takes off her glove to like shake out her hand. And Which she they looks- set up, she can catch a baseball barehanded. Yeah, she can. She she mm. has caught other fastballs barehanded. So this is like an amazing ball, and she looks at those women. Yeah, it, it is a good nod. Yeah. it's it's they take a second to just let that black woman who threw that ball be the only person on camera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after that throw, it's it's solid. And she looks at Dottie and kind of lifts her head and is very clearly saying, "If they let me play, I would be better than you." And Dottie looks back <laughs> at her and like nods her head and says, "If they let you play." you would be better than me. But, um, and that's all you get. That's the, that's the uh, one of two times you see a black person on screen. You should, I mm-hmm. should point out in this particular band. moment, uh, black baseball did one thing that white baseball uh, hasn't done. Uh, hmm. Black baseball let women play. Yeah. In fact, yeah, Jackie the, uh, Robinson's the... replacement was a woman on the Kansas City Monarchs, well, Tony Stone. Yeah, the uh, the team that the uh, the uh, All Stars and Motor Kings were sort of based on, the uh, Indianapolis Clowns, yeah. was uh, I, I was reading earlier was the first team to uh, what was it to to hire? Okay, here it is to hire a female player to a long term contract that was not voided soon after, which is a great <laughs> sentence. Which by is the a- way. thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> Which means that like women had been hired and then fired by baseball teams, but the clowns were like, "No, we are keeping yeah. these women." <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, like it's uh, you know, like it's it's an it, one of the things that is difficult to do from a storytelling standpoint is how to point out the absence of something, right? And and, and yeah taking that moment it's it's you know it's on the nose one could say but it kind of needs to be right it's like uh, exemplifying all the ways in which sometimes intersectionality doesn't work when yeah. <laughs> you're only thinking in one particular like dimension yeah like let's get the women in great are black women women too no and you can only be in as a woman if you're pretty. You can't just be right. talented. Yeah. You have to be pretty. And there's one part where they set up. And again, they don't say they talk to the women about this, but a banner goes up that's like, catch a fly ball, get a kiss. Right. And I'm like, yeah. some And the women, women even point out, no one asked us about this. No one asked them about yeah. this. And some of them are married. And clearly in like long-term monogamous relationships, like Dottie is very clearly very deeply in love with her husband. And loves him dearly. Oh, oh, it's Bill Pullman. Who wouldn't? I also want to add that <laughs> at one point, uh, her manager Jimmy. She has kind of this vibe with Jimmy that is almost on the edge of flirtation, right? But also could just be like peer to peer respect. It's kind of how you choose mm. to read it. Um, he's like, mm. "Does your husband have any idea how good you are?" And she kind of dismisses that, like it doesn't matter. And right. then when she decides to like, they leave to go home. He is home from war and he is injured. They leave to go home. And she, we don't, this all happens off screen, but she clearly is like, I have to go back and finish the game. She goes back to finish a baseball game. And we see him in the stands as she makes an amazing play, just being like, that's my wife. He's <laughs> up on his feet cheering for her with a leg injury back home from war. And it's very yeah, clear that his character is not that he holds her back or keeps her down. He just. Yeah, yeah, and, and like that's the, he's sort of a specter over this movie until we meet him because we don't know if we don't know what kind of man right. he is. Uh, we, like she speaks, you know, highly of him the the few times that he's mentioned, but like until Bill Pullman shows up, and then again until we see him in the stands at the end, 
we don't know what to expect in terms of his acceptance of, of what she wants to do or any of that. It's it's pretty well. Uh, I really actually. What's like interesting that is that Dottie doesn't want to be a baseball player. She says this is something that I I've seen this movie before that I wonder a lot. Does Dottie say she doesn't want to be a player because it's not something that she can allow herself to want? Or she doesn't see the point of it? Or does she truly be like, I don't want to be a baseball player. I just like playing baseball. It You can read it either way. That she's right. either lying to herself or just she's telling the truth and no one believes her. You can be very, very good at baseball and not want it to be your life. Right, because she mm. does desperately want to start a family in a way that Kit doesn't really want to. Mm-hmm. Mm. Kit may want to, but like not in the way because Dottie wants to start as soon as possible. Yeah, and it's mm. like I I want to play baseball for a while, <laughs> um, but also you can read it in that certain way, especially like because even in the beginning when we see the older Dottie, she's still mm. very much baseball oriented in terms of like well not baseball oriented but sports oriented, like she hasn't stopped playing sports or actively participating in them because she has that bit with her uh, her, ki- her grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. But she's also <laughs> still that sort of like shy is wrong, but sort of like very reserved and sort of like retiring personality where her daughter's like, go to this thing. And she's like, I don't really feel comfortable going. Like, I don't, I can put myself out there to be a spectacle and I can enjoy it to some extent, but it doesn't feel right and it doesn't feel natural. Right. Um, but again, is she lying or is that something she thinks she's supposed to say because she is a working class woman? Yeah. It might be like she, even she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, this is directed by uh, Penny Marshall, mm-hmm. who did big. Who is, and was also. Yes. Uh, she was. Well, she was Shirley yeah. from Laverne and Shirley, wasn't she? Laverne and Shirley, yeah. Yeah. Which, I, I depending think, on who you like, are, an, she, she is an institution. Like, like Penny Marshall rules. <laughs> <laughs> she was married to Rob Reiner. Yeah. Yeah, we all miss sometimes. No, <laughs> um. Also, was... this movie is co-written by a man named Babalu Mendels. I got nothing on that. I know. I was like, that's an awesome name. Um, speaking of awesome names, Tom Hanks, Jimmy Dugan is based off a character with one of the great early baseball names of all time, Hack Wilson. Mm. Nice. <laughs> Sounds like something out of a pulp now. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's so good. <laughs> Also, spend a moment to acknowledge a Tom Hanks. This is part of his career transition. Man, Tom Hanks really hit the ground running, and this is, was part of his transition into eventually getting all oh, of the. Oscars sorry, I was wrong. She was she was Laverne and Laverne and Shirley. That was my mistake. Okay. I had to check that. And, uh, but also Gina Davis is so beautiful, and casting her as somebody from the '40s is perfect because she is so. 40s beautiful like the way that gina davis like hollywood has not utilized gina davis mm-hmm. is enraging yeah it's, uh, i, I yeah. like the way they keep trying to cast her it's like yeah she's pretty like the girl next door and i'm like she she is not pretty like the girl next door she is pretty like the girl from italy like what are you talking about and like let, let's Maybe. not put that much pressure on the girl next door yeah like that's a lot that's a lot for the rest of us to try and live up to <laughs> Uh, also, Lloyd Petty, for those of you who have not seen a classic Tank Girl, uh, get off your ass. Yeah, what is wrong with you? Where have you been? Also, this is one of the early movies with Madonna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which she does. Just, she knocks it out of the park. Well, this she is, is back great before Madonna is Madonna. 
she's still Madonna, yeah. but like, but yeah, <laughs> it was during that brief it's period different. in time where she's like, I can do it. I can make the jump into mainstream film. And she had a few and it just did not go as hoped. Right. Mm. I blame her husband who directed her in a movie that killed her. <laughs> oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. The remake of the Italian movie swept away. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Um, but also Rosie O'Donnell, um, David Statham, who is just always great to see as the owner of the league, who genuinely can't believe why anyone would not want to have an all-women's baseball league. <laughs> like, I really kind of feel sorry for him because he's like, but, but we're doing good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty charming. And of course, already mentioned, but needs to be mentioned again, John Lovitz. Uh, <laughs> Because John Lovitz just plays the slimiest guy. <laughs> and he does it without flinching, without any wink at the camera. He is just awful, and it's great. Well, I think also what Penny Marshall does better than John Badham is he she pulls the comedy off well without ever like causing the movie to stop. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. feel like multiple movies stitched together. Right. Like it feels like born into the tone and of this the story. is a long movie yeah <laughs> like it, it balances its tone very well for being i think uh, what two hours and 10 minutes well, yeah 128 like minutes yeah it's like oh it's it's over two hours so <laughs> strap in if you're not ready for just good character drama comedy then uh you probably won't like this you monster uh, well it's also like pretty long yeah this one's a little bit long this one's about 10 15 minutes longer mm-hmm. I think. yeah the uh, bingo movie is like an hour and 40 minutes, hour 30? Yeah, hour, uh, hour... I think it's hour 40, hour 50, something like that. 110 minutes. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it does a very good job. And also, like, even the structure of it, it's like... the Even though it is a baseball season, it hmm. doesn't feel like they're just going from game to game. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it yeah. it sort of exists in this like kind of time doesn't really matter exactly, right? Like because we're 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 with the team and we're we're just sort of experiencing the uh, the the highs and lows of of this time without like everything needing to be checked off. I don't know. It's it's got a like I don't know how to describe the pacing because it's it's not it's yeah it's like, not laid back it's slippery, a little bit. It is kind of laid back, but it's not like slow. It's just free and easy going, like a baseball game. Like mm-hmm. there are moments yeah. when it get ramped yeah. up, and then there are moments when you just have time to breathe and just watch things. Yeah, baseball pacing. I like that. That's, that's <laughs> a good uh, description. I would argue it's very much the kind of movie you can be like, you know what we should do while watching this movie? Have a beer. Right. In, a good, in the best way possible. Not all movies are beer movies. No, <laughs> some movies require a beer in order to get through them. That's true. Oh, uh, also, do you, do you know who voiced the newsreel announcer at the beginning of this movie? I'm going to go on a limb and say, I forgot the guy's name. He played Cox on Scrubs. Nope. Okay. Harry Shearer. Nice! Of course. That makes more sense. Yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I just I, I noticed that as I was perusing the cast list, and I was like, ah, point recognize. I I, I, I recognize that guy. <laughs> Here's the treat. Sometimes Thaddeus recognizes people. Mm. Yeah, I do indeed. <laughs> but yeah, oh yeah, but like the this is speaking of of sort of 
points in history though like kara was saying like if you look at tom hanks's like career this is like right when he was pivoting from the the tom hanks that that people knew from the the 80s into like tom hanks as a an unstoppable like institution because uh after this he goes to uh let's see sleepless in seattle philadelphia forrest gump apollo 13 toy story and now we're in this weird phase and where he just wants to do weird stuff because yeah. I am so psyched <laughs> for the Boz Lemon Elvis movie, purely because whatever the oh, hell man. Tom Hanks is doing. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't we know. We are just too at Lonely Me. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, he's still doing Toy Story movies to this day. I'm I sure mean, they, they pay well. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> But yeah, like this, ah, this movie, like, uh, here's the thing. Both of these movies were ensemble movies to an extent. Right. But Bingo's was much more focused on the main two uh, at the end of the day, even though they, they had like other sort of things going on with uh, with a couple of the side characters. Right. This one is much more the ensemble. Like, even though it's even though it opens with Gina Davis, well, with, uh, with, with older Dottie and then, uh, then sort of begins the frame with her. It's not just her or her and Kit's story, which is great. Well, also, so the bingo long has, and this is a first time director. Hollywood hmm. is an extreme flux. Hmm. Um, also like it's an unusual thing to make a movie about, at least for that particular moment. And then hmm. you have a league of their own, which is also the same thing, except, Penny Marshall's not new. Hollywood by this yeah. time is stabilized in terms of like what it's mm-hmm. going to be. And there's not, never been a movie about this, but it's by people who know how to do it. Yeah. Um, I would say it's just a matter of Penny... Baseball painting is F because if you really look at it, Penny Marshall knows how to frame the story mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. way that John Badham just isn't able to figure out in the bingo long traveling all-stars and motor yeah. games. Um, also... I, I wish Penny Marshall could have done the Effie Manley because I, I almost, I, she would almost have to get James Earl Jones because he's still doing, <laughs> he's doing the Big Bang Theory. He would do an Effie Manley by. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> that'd be pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, they do a really good job in legal showing like the price the women pay for having to be pretty and play baseball. Oh, because when you slide into base, mm-hmm. like we're far enough into to give you some hope about the world we live in. I was watching a couple of dudes react to a legal own. Mm-hmm. And when they saw the outfits, like you can't slide in that. You rip up your leg. You can't <laughs> expect them to play baseball in that. <laughs> uh, well, also, one of the one of the, the things that you have to do if you set up that you that people are being forced to perform a particular like presentation of femininity is you also have to show them not doing that ahead of time (laughs) so like when the and it's still like within movie range uh even like when they there's a a character we haven't talked much about marla hooch uh second base and power hitter right uh played by uh, megan cavanaugh who is sort of set up as like if babe ruth were a girl right she's homely Um, quote unquote but like she just looks like like, a person yeah she's she's movie homely in that she looks like a person that you would meet in real life. Right, standing and, like, next slouches. to Gina Davis like, and Lloyd Betty. 
but even then, like when they're when they're doing the like pre beauty makeover part, they they allow people to have like more regular makeup, have like less kempt eyebrows and stuff, and it's just like, yeah, look, people, women who are like movie star pretty have to put in effort to look that right. way, and it's just a nice like admission i guess well i think it also comes from having a woman director going no no you don't understand exactly. it takes effort yeah. to look like yeah I... uh... no you're gonna say sorry. something i did and then i lost it so now it's gone i had that earlier <laughs> i'm so sorry yeah well, no yeah, i feel your pain so goes. that's all the time we have for now unless kara thinks of something <laughs> before we get <laughs> uh, it's gonna come to me in the middle of the night i'm gonna oh. sit straight up crying Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I remembered something else from Bingo Long right. that I have to comment on before I forget is the the Jewish team that they play. Oh, oh yeah, that's an actual thing. Fake beard. Yeah, but not those yeah, guys because those are. But they had like obviously fake beards. Well, they did. Some of them did. <laughs> really? Yeah. In real life, Babe Ruth played on them. And you know, obviously oh. fake beard. I did not know that. Or I've forgotten. <laughs> I need to watch baseball again. Okay, well, let's queue up Ken Burns baseball. Uh, we'll just... Uh, <laughs> We're not skipping to the plot. We'll just get there eventually. <laughs> I just remembered what I was going to say. Okay. Uh, the scene oh, where good. one of the girls slides into home, and we see that she has a bruise oh. from her knee all the way up her cheek, and it's like... That's not a bruise. Like, that is a scrape of... <laughs> <laughs> like, she has this giant, like, the whole back of her wound. leg is bruised and wounded and stuff. I was like, yeah, that's how that happens because I was once running home when I was playing softball in PE and slipped on the hard sandy dirt of Arizona, landed on my butt and slid into home. And my entire team did like the whole like come in from the field, congratulations, cheering. Because yeah, you were safe. Yeah, like you, safe. you accidentally slid home. I accidentally slid home. And everyone was like, Kara, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. You're an amazing player. And I was like, I definitely did that on purpose. Yeah, but um, that thing takes a long time to heal. It really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel for her. I'm like, yeah, girl, that hurts, man. And they don't have the, they don't have the, uh, you're going to be feeling that for a while, especially back in those days. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the Ginger Rogers backwards and in heels, but with sliding in the dirt in a skirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. So that's all the time we have. Thank you for joining us. As always, we'll be back next time. I don't know what we're doing, but we'll figure something else as usual. Yay. Hey. Right. Goodbye, Thad and Kara. Yeah, bye. I'm not doing that. Bye.